0: Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven, and eight figure Amazon and e commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e commerce podcast, The E commerce Leader, co hosted by myself, Michael Veazey, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unami's highest rated e commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business look for the e-commerce leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladles and jelly spoons boys and girls welcome back to the 10k collective podcast the place to be for six seven and eight figure Amazon sellers and indeed let's say e-commerce sellers because today we're getting outside the Amazon bubble. We're welcoming Klaus Lauter to us who is an e-commerce marketing specialist and specializes really in Shopify so outside the Amazon bubble. Klaus is an e-commerce veteran with 20 years experience and he helps shopify store owners turn visitors into sales pretty simple statement there i like it so class warm welcome to the show thanks michael thanks for having me it's a pleasure yeah my pleasure to have you here as well man it it makes a nice change to have a european perspective on things we have lots of americans on the podcast and also uh, a nice change to to look at things through the sort of direct to um direct consumer or shopify site i guess we should say up front that i'm presuming that anything that applies to shopify store owners will apply to magento or magento or woocommerce or the other things am i right
1: that's 100 right yeah so what applies to shopify the conversion optimization guidelines um, or policies principles whatever you want to call it It doesn't really matter magento big commerce wix whatever you use um it's basically you need to apply these principles
0: excellent good so that's one li- little thing out of the way again if you're an amazon seller and you're listening i plead with you to keep listening because if you're an amazon seller only now i can promise you that sooner or later probably sooner rather than later you're going to be begging to create your own store for multiple reasons uh, not least of which is jeff bezos's chain um ability to change the goalposts in a huge way at no notice as those of us who've had our inventory performance index changed and in, you know the last couple of weeks at the time of recording w- will attest and and the other thing to say is that to think slightly bigger and um, let's go crazy and imagine that you might just learn a thing or two in terms of general principles which can apply to all of your internet marketing including but not limited to amazon so i would plead with you whatever your selling channel is listen up to this stuff is critical stuff so let's get into the meat of this first of all class you mentioned you're a 20 year uh, veteran so tell us a little bit about your your background 20 years is a long time in this game yeah,
1: basically I was told I'm a dinosaur because 20 years <laughs> in the online space is probably 200 years in real life. I started in 2001 with my own startup back in Germany, which um, was a SaaS service. I was running this company for um, six, seven years and then got a offer in Cape Town and South Africa, so I moved there. Over the years, I founded with business partners, a couple of other companies, not all of them in the online space, but I was always involved in digital marketing and creating new businesses. And these were either service or product-driven businesses. So, yeah, I'm doing this for a very, very long time. As you mentioned, digital nomads, I was traveling for the last four years until COVID stopped me as a digital nomad and working basically from 30 odd countries worldwide on my own business, which I have um, since 2015. And I run my own Shopify store selling um, products worldwide and um, also doing coaching and consultants for other small and medium enterprises.
0: Yeah, so you're really living the life. We were talking before we, we started recording for the podcast about the fact that you're in Cyprus. And that's obviously, I was going. saying that uh, that's a classic place for digital y type people, whatever the word is. It's such a some strange phrase. What is a digital nomad? I think outside the bubble of digital marketing, everyone probably just thinks that just either silly or doesn't exist. But I guess you're actually living the life, right? I mean, there's quite a few Brits out there that I knew. Are they still out there in large numbers? Well, I think they will come back
1: once the borders open. Right now, it's relatively quiet still, but Cyprus is about to open everything in about four weeks' time. No, actually, in two weeks' time, because vaccination makes huge progress here. So, yeah, the Brits will be back. Obviously, there there is some digital nomads here, and definitely one of the spots, as you said, like Bali or whatever, where they mingle. There are certain spots worldwide where you see a lot of, what I rather would say, location-independent workers
0: yes that's a better um, phrase than digital nomad right that sounds a bit more acceptable somehow yeah, yeah absolutely great well so you're living the life and you've obviously got a massive background so let's you you know with enough credibility obviously extremely competent to tell us what we're doing here so what are the classic mistakes online store owners make in this um, arena then so we're talking about and not we're not just you and me talking about how to turn visitors into sales but that's your whole focus as a consultant isn't it so what are the big mistakes that people make in this arena let's start with the big picture first
1: well it depends where they come from a lot of my clients are coming from a, a brick and mortar business so they have their physical um, business and obviously it's through to the covid they need to go online something they often have just postponed and now obviously was in the last year it became critical and they are either overwhelmed with the tech part of it so or they are focusing too much on the tech part of it and the other part is people who are already selling for a while and so they have their first results, and, but they are either n- not profitable yet or just barely break even. And they always think that their main problem is getting more traffic. That's, that's the most common thing is like, I need more traffic, converting traffic from Facebook, from Google, wherever they pay for, or any other kind of strategy to get more traffic. So that's, that's the main thing. At the end of the day, it is about getting more conversions from the traffic you already have and that's basically the classic um sort of approach or when people approach me where where it starts from so either overwhelmed or having the focus on the wrong topic
0: yeah it's it's funny that actually either which way i guess the focus is on the wrong thing and either because you feel like that the the stuff is pushing on you all this tech overwhelm or you're kind of pushing on it but either which way you're involved with the wrong thing right it's like a dysfunctional relationship whether whether they're browbeating you or you're you're kind of dominating them it's like it's all in the wrong direction and i've just got to say that from the amazon point of view as well the same thing applies and this is why any amazon sellers out there listening hello please keep listening do not close your mind off and go into the amazon bubble please because this stuff applies to everyone that i've ever met really i mean i think there's never i've never come across a, a listing or in, in the amazon world it's as narrow as the price product. Detail page, the listing that can't be improved. I've seen people with thirty percent conversion rates doing fifty thousand um, dollars, or so uh, a month or certainly per year in some cases, and we've managed to get that up to forty percent by just ripping it apart and, and being rude. When I say we, I am in mean the ten K Collective Mastermind, collectively led by me. I'm afraid, but this, this is there's always room for improvement. And yes, the whole traffic focus. Man, if I had a dollar for every dollar that everyone had spent on PPC to try and solve problems via Amazon PPC, I'd be a rich man already, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the. There's obviously a mindset component here that we're talking about, right? Because people's focus, that's a mindset based word, I suppose, or psychological word. I'm not into woo woo things, and you're not either. I think we're concrete guys, but nevertheless, there's a psychological errors. So, what do you think the psychological principles need to be f- to approach this work correctly?
1: Well, if you look on the store itself, a lot of people get just their template, they throw it in as it is. And I think, okay, now they start selling automatically. Now, basically, it's the same applies what um, would happen in a physical store. You approach a customer and you ask, how can I help you? And then you guide them through whatever you have to offer. And Sort of, you need to do the same, which is a bit more difficult because it's online for your Shopify store or your online store in generally. So you have some psychological principles of conversion optimization and you need to apply these on your home's whole store just to make it easier for the, the visitor. So you're hopefully to be customer to go and um, buy from you. That's, that's basically the background.
0: Yes, what you, what you're saying is that broadly the psychological principles of conversion are fairly consistent from the offline world to the online world. Is is that a fair statement?
1: Absolutely, hundred hmm. percent.
0: Interesting. So you find that there isn't. I mean, because obviously you've got a background in, in a variety of businesses, which I think is really helpful to give perspective. And have you ever been involved in sort of physical retail stores yourself, or, or have you had customers that do that, or clients, I should say? <laughs>
1: Sort of. Uh, My original background is hospitality, so I was working uh, in in the hotel business because that's something I grew up in. Mm. And that's obviously um, a service-driven business where you really help people by communicating with them. So Mm. not like a physical store where people come in and just have a look at the stores and browse around, but it's going a step further. And obviously, there's a lot of sales principles um, involved in such such kind of communication with with a guest in a hotel in a restaurant as well. Yeah. So I think it's just bring it down to a sort of a human factor and make it easy for a human sort
0: of to digest what you offer. That's- yeah, human factor, that's a good word because I think I think it's particularly bad amongst Amazon sellers that we get very very metrics centric and I'm not saying we shouldn't the numbers but well, the wrong metric, shall we say, they get obsessed with keyword research, but that they don't actually think about what it's like to shop at your store. And I guess on Amazon, we kind of can get away with that. But that's also a very bad mentality to, to perpetuate. But we can't really get away with it as much as we think, actually, on Amazon. And I guess in Shopify or your own store, we don't get away with it at all. Right. So so what are the what are the elements then that we need to, to go through? Let's break those down a bit.
1: Yeah, let's break them down. So, first of all, there's the visual load that returns pretty much to your design. In a nutshell, is how much strain are you putting on your user visually to understand your pages? So, if they come to your store, homepage, product detail page, wherever they land first, is it overwhelming? Is there too many things distracting? Or is there a very clear visual overview of what they can do? And um, this sort of is the sort of the, the boring part because a lot of Sellers that I see or store owners, they try to reinvent the wheel and trying to be cutesy or fancy or whatever creative when it comes to their structure of the pages. So they move the logo to the left or uh, do other things. And you should really stick to the things that people are used when they go to online shopping. And it would be just to give you a simple thing is they expect a logo on the left hand side and they expect a card icon on the right top end side so and so don't get any kind of creative with that because only you think that's makes your branding standing out from the rest actually it hurts you so really keep it sort of easy on the eye
0: interesting and i guess there's yeah uh, the, the, one of the obsessions that amazon sellers do have, because they're in hyper-competitive markets, which I guess is a bit of a different thing from Shopify. It may be hyper-competitive to get the click on a, a Facebook ad or to get the SEO, God knows, Google SEO, right, for the right terms, is competitive. But I guess by the time they get to your page then differentiation in in a really kind of obvious way isn't the key but also i guess the point about differentiation is there's a phrase that my friend rick cesari who was behind a lot of the the sort of huge huge product launches in the 90s league green gulling machine gopro cameras whatever and and all that late night um tv shows where they advertise products at you which i i personally hate this tv but it's very effective but anyway he said different is better than good which is good up to a point, but what you're saying is a very interesting nuance to that, which is different is better than good, unless it just defends against obvious expectations like where a logo should be. <laughs> and tell me a bit more about that. This comes into the user in, I suppose, user experience design or user interface design, which isn't mm-hmm. something we've ever had to think about if you just sell on Amazon. But what are the sort of basic principle of, of, of that, would you say, apart from you know logo on the left? Are there any other sort of rules of thumb that we should follow which don't offend expectations? I understand. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's all about clarity and
1: simplicity. So you don't want to distract people. You need to have a clear call to action. You want to make sure that call to actions are easy to find. And that brings me to the second point of the principles. That's motor load. And that's about movement. So, how much strain are you putting on your user if they have to use the mouse or the pointer or the keyboard to get something don- done on the on the store? For instance, if they need to scroll up a lot down on the page to find a call to action, then obviously that's negative. Or if they only can find um, certain information hidden behind a tab that increases the motor load, so they just need to so they basically need to move around with their mouse or with the keyboard much more, and you want to avoid that. Uh, you want to make it very easy easy to. F- find and that's one of the key things for instance like having call to actions above the fold very very important uh, a lot of people do not scroll down and if they have to scroll down then obviously you're talking about movement you're talking about motor load and that's something you really want to limit
0: that's such a sort of biological very physical ordinary kind of thing to think about motor load it's very funny to think about and of course as soon as you say it this is a always an example of good insight is as soon as somebody says it it's obvious and until they said it it wasn't even something i'd thought of i'd never really thought about that but of course when i'm scrolling on the phone i do try and get my um, amazon listing creators to say look guys put it on you know put your for example if you've got photos from your image creators and photoshop guys graphic designers whatever on put them on dropbox on your phone and just scroll like that really super fast but i hadn't really related it to physical effort but i guess that we've become so lazy but on the other hand i suppose to be fair to us as consumers, overwhelmed right that's that's fascinating and yeah i'm thinking about my own sites that I've run over the years of various kinds, including Amazing FBA, I realize I'm doing a terrible, terrible job on that. And actually, I'm probably therefore not alone in that, even though we think we're doing the right thing. You should you should use or to find out how the mode, the, the load is on um, your site.
1: Tools like Hotjar or Lucky Orange help you with that. So you can go through the recordings and obviously then you can have a look on how they move with their pointer, with their mouse pointer on your pages. And there might be a certain pattern coming out which will tell you they're moving far too much. So that's something that helps you a lot and figuring out, is there
0: something you can optimize? Love this. This reminds me of conversations with my own business partner who I won't talk about because he have not got his permission. But again, he's he's now working for a pretty serious, probably like nine-figure seller optimizing their pages. And, and happy as a pig in clover, as the saying goes, because... This is the sort of stuff they talk about, but I didn't realize those tools were were available. again, outside the Amazon bubble, suddenly there's a whole bunch of stuff we have to look at, but on the other hand, fascinating insights we gain, which Amazon probably has, and uh, to the nth degree, but they don't share them with us as their body sellers. So, this is uh, very interesting stuff. Okay, so we've talked about the sort of visual overload, um, the motor load. Really interesting, subtle but obvious thing. As soon as you say it, so what? What are the other user errors that people make? Or next things to one on the
1: list would be um, the cognitive load. So that's about the amount of mental processing required to make sense of your page. So, for instance, is the page easy to understand from an intellectual point of view. I'll give you an example. If you have a um, product description which uses overly, I don't know, scientific terms or market-specific terms or whatever, which makes it difficult for, for the average Joe to understand what you're actually saying, then obviously it doesn't help you selling the product, unless you're selling to a very specific audience that are only speaks that or can understand that lingo. Nevertheless, if you're selling, I don't know, any kind of general goods to, to the broader public, you want to keep the this, this part very, very simple again, and so that the mental processing of what they are reading or what they are seeing in, in images or videos is as easy as possible. And also there's also tools that help you with that. When it comes to text, for instance, I'm recommending a a free tool, which is called the Hemingway app, uh, which is basically the URL, and it gives you a score for the readability. So how easy is that in regards of school grades to understand? And you should, depending on your market, go for a school grade for a, I don't know, a fifth or sixth grader. So whenever you write your descriptions or text descriptions or product descriptions this will help you to figure out is that actually understandable for a lot of sellers obviously they don't see the forest because of trees of all the trees and they speak their own lingo and it's very important to put yourself in the position of a a buyer potential buyer from your store do they really understand what you're talking about
0: yeah wow that's quite sobering because um fifth or sixth grade i just had a quick uh, look because in britain we have slightly different ways of of naming these things but that means a 9 10 or 11 year old and and knowing the average nine-year-old having taught piano for years and my wife's still teaching piano probably next door as we speak on zoom or, or maybe in person these days the average 10 year old sometimes doesn't know where their left hand or right hand is on the keyboard trust me from experience mm-hmm. on this so this is kind of a sobering thing that we probably need to simplify to to much larger degree than we think and again I think I'm probably guilty of that I kind of like long words and for certain markets as you say this might be appropriate I suppose but for, for an average consumer product that isn't supposed to be for a very technical market this is a very sobering point okay so so far we're, we're making lots of exciting mistakes and obviously we can do the opposite and make it good so by the way class gotta just say this is so much deeper than i thought it was going to be just a few sort of simple online kind of hacks <laughs> i didn't realize you would be getting into so much science this is amazing i like it so what's the next thing on our list to to, to well, get right
1: the last one in, in that regards is the memory load memory load memory load is the okay. amount of work users have to perform when recollecting something on your site. I'll give you an example on that. If you're, for instance, offering coupon codes, discount codes, and you mention them on one page, but they only will be useful on the checkout page, in the case of Shopify, you only can slot your coupon code in there, then it might be difficult for them to go through or to remember the coupon code and going through the site and then they're at the checkout page, and I was like, oh, what? where is that coupon code now? So, so I have to go back. And it brings me sort of to, you want to present the right information in the right moment and not making people think, or in, in that case, making people remember. And this happened actually quite often that things are sort of overcomplicated. A lot of stores, for instance, as another example, offer an exchange for an email address to sign up for a newsletter. They offer a discount code and the usual process there runs like this i sign up for a newsletter then obviously you have to follow double opt-in to stay compliant to legal things and then get the email they have to confirm the email that they allow to be emailed and i get a second email and then they collect the coupon code in that email and then they have to go back to the website and then they have to go and choose their product and then through the card, on the checkout page, and there they can finally then use the coupon code. So there is a lot of steps in between and they need to sort of yeah re- remember a lot of things and think about a lot of things. And you want to keep this very, very simple. So that's in a, in a different regards. Make it as easy for and 9 Nine year old, 11 year old kids to understand um, the process. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably will understand it easier than a 60 year old.
0: Um. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm just, they also have more time or be more determined to do their shopping. I, I'm just even listening to what you were saying about that coupon code. I was thinking, yeah, that sounds like something I've experienced as, as a buyer and the sort of thing that I've seen people set up as a funnel as sellers and then I was feeling exhausted even just listening to you describe it I'm like oh my goodness I haven't got time to do this so I I absolutely take you I mean there's almost like a sort of not even you're talking about fine psychological principles cognitive load motor load was it visual load and and memory load those are really great great principles but for me there's a kind of rather agricultural version which is like just kind of overwhelm and exhaustion (laughs) with the whole business I mean I do think that if if you've got a certain percentage of people are either very busy even though they shop a lot online or as you said, those over 60s, which is a bigger percentage of the UK population than under 16s. You know, those guys are just going to give up. <laughs> so Because I I don't know about you, class, but I've been on enough Zoom calls with people over 60 to know that, frankly, they can't find the mute button for five minutes. So I don't think they're going to cope, are they?
1: No, I'm 100% with you. I'm my own store, a seven-figure store running this for, for six years now. My best customer, so my perfect audience, my perfect customer is 60 plus years old and it was a bit of a learning curve and it took me quite a while and all of these principles once they were applied things became easier because they're easily overwhelmed and as you said they do things that you can't even imagine i mean we had people saying i can't check out and had them on the phone and tried to coach them through our store and we figured out they were on ebay so you need to make it very very
0: easy that is absolutely classic. I don't think I've ever heard uh, that that kind of story before. They were actually on eBay, but they thought they were checking out of your store. That, that is completely classic. Which is always why you've got to check the most most basic details, right? Like that. I think that uh, that reminds me of when I, I believe that in customer support for um, computers that that they still, as part of their script, they say, "Okay, have you turned it on?" And apparently, a substantial percentage of people still, at that point, go, "Oh, click." and then things are solved i love it this is a reminder never to you know to assume too much unless we be rude about consumers out there we've all had a similar experience i think out online that we've done something that we thought was just rocket science and the person running it equally thought was obvious well, folks, I hope you have enjoyed absorbing all that uh, information from Klaus. Information isn't the right word. I think real insights and, and deep principles uh things we've just heard here. It takes a bit of stamina to get through a podcast with me these days. I think sometimes even the guests are a bit exhausted after I've grilled them. But what I'm trying to do is just pull out the real essentials for you, our beloved listener and also e-commerce seller and, and e-commerce business grower creator and maybe one day seller of business and if that is the case if you're wanting to sell one day or you want to just live off a more profitable business this stuff this conversion optimization piece is at the heart of what you do the wonderful wonderful thing about conversion optimization i probably said it on the podcast but i'll say it again is this you work once you get paid for a long time i was going to say forever that's a bit exaggerated but it really lasts, whereas if you want to get more traffic and you're paying for it, some kind of paid ads, guess what? Every time you want more traffic, you've got to pay for it. Every time you sell a product, you have to pay for the replacement product and you have a cost of goods sold. But optimization work is wonderful in that you work once, get paid for a long time. So it's really fantastic from the cash flow perspective and, and sort of getting wins. So let's get into the quick reflection on what we've heard today. Well, psychological principles, I think that what I loved about Klaus, despite his very, very technical IT background for many years now, he really focused on, forget about getting over-involved in the technology, think about psychological-based principles that will either get in the way of or go towards getting better conversions. So, minimizing the visual motor cognitive and memory load such a great way of putting it i've never really heard anyone else talk about it in such scientific terms but actually as soon as he said it i thought oh that makes total sense but i hadn't thought of it before which is always for me a sign of great insight and wisdom so those are the main ones the other thing is obviously just the overall approach which is less is more simplifying taking things out not having a ton of moving blinking things confusing everyone and, and just really simplifying the heck out of things based on an understanding of the consumers and their journey through your site and indeed the journey to your site as well as through your site something that a lot of us who sell only on amazon really really have to think about because just because we don't personally have to think about it on the amazon store or get the control over it doesn't mean it isn't happening. And we need to understand that even if we just control the product detail pages on Amazon, that that journey has happened. <laughs> and just because we haven't controlled it doesn't mean it's not there. So we have to think about the website experience as a whole. And the fact that Amazon's done a lot of great things there doesn't mean we should be ignorant of those principles. On the on the contrary, you need to recognize what amazon has done both so that we can operate more efficiently as amazon sellers and also that we can develop our own direct to consumer stores which pretty much everyone should be considering in my opinion it's simply a risk diversification thing amazon account suspension is very real i've had a couple of guys in the masterminds alone have that happen to them over the the time of the last time of the mastermind so three and a half years and a considerable number of my amazon seller friends as well the bigger you are in some ways the more likely it is to happen and the more painful it is One of the greatest solutions to that is Shopify or WooCommerce, or whatever it is, your own website. And in that realm, conversion rate optimization, like everywhere else, is going to get you paid first. So thanks for listening up. As ever, if you find this useful information, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you get more of the good stuff. And don't forget to give us a star rating, one, two, three, four, five stars on an Apple podcast player. Would be very, very helpful thanks so much for listening speak to you in the next podcast thanks so much for listening to the 10k collective podcast part of the family of amazing fba podcasts Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unami's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.TheEcommerceLeader.com.